Welcome to this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. I am Stuart Blythe, a member of the faculty ADC and the Dean of Chapel. Here, you'll get a chance to hear perceptive and powerful sermons which were delivered by staff, faculty, students, alumni and guests as part of our weekly Wednesday Chapel services. kick off the term with all of you in this room. It's a highlight of the year, it's a highlight of the week every week, and I hope that you will make it a habit to be here. Whether you are a student, an alumnus, alumna, um, a local visitor, a member of family, you are welcome in this space, and we are very glad that you are here. Um, I wonder though, and you know, this is a very familiar passage that was just read, and I love when a familiar passage is read brilliantly because you see all kinds of depths to it that you tend to overlook otherwise. But I wonder, uh, if we start to think about this at the beginning of our year together, do you make judgments about people when you see them? That's the question. Because I think we make quick judgments about people without asking questions and without ever finding out who they really are beyond appearances. And it can happen to you, it's happened to me on so many occasions. If you want some interesting stories, just sidle on up to me at lunch and I'll tell you a few. And it happens to everyone actually. And it happens even to the famous, for example. Uh, C.S. Lewis, the scholar, critic, and novelist, never paid much attention to his dress or grooming. (laughs) Returning from a hike in the country, he boarded a train and entered the first class compartment. Studying the unwashed, uncombed figure, a stuffy woman asked him, have you a first class ticket? Yes, madam, answered Lewis, but I'm afraid I'll be needing it for myself. (laughs) God bless Clive Staples. Well, as a community, at the outset of this year, I hope to raise expectations that this will be a place where we can see each other as we are. A place where we see each other truly. A place where we see beyond judgments that are superficial and see to the heart of one another. But what does that mean? When we look at each other, what do we see? Well, I remember when I was a student here for the first time, there were several people in our process group in our first year who were of varying ages and experience. And I remember a conversation with Ralph, who had been a bus driver working with all sorts of people for decades. And he said, when I came to college, it's like my whole life before ADC was erased. The only person that people see is a middle-aged guy sitting in class trying to figure out what's going on. But I've had a career, built a home, a family, a life, and I come here and nobody sees that. Nobody sees me. And I hope that didn't last for him through the year, but I want to make sure that right at the outset of this year, that doesn't happen to anyone here. I want you to know that we recognize you've had a life. You have, you have a life. And when we say nothing else matters, we just mean that Jesus is premier in all things. It doesn't mean that nothing else actually matters, because lots of other things matter in our lives. It matters who you are. It matters who you're becoming. It matters what your life was before you arrived here. So I want to emphasize that to you and assure you of that, as at the same time as reminding my colleagues that although we find each other here and we're in class, let's remember that when we look at students that God has led here, uh, we have a whole realm of experience sitting in the room before us. And that is a wonderful gift to us. I think it's the most wonderful gift every year. I never forgot what Ralph said. And it's easy in this environment to just say, well, we're here on this fresh and even playing field, you know? It's not who you were when you came here. It's about where you're going with Jesus next. And 
those lives, whether your past life, you know, whether for good or for bad, I want you to know that all of you is welcome here. And you don't need to pretend to be a fresh-faced undergrad if you're a teacher with 20 years experience. And you don't need to pretend to be a wise old man on the mountain if this is your first time away from home. It's okay to be who you are. Because as our scripture passage clearly reminds us, people look at the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. People tend to see and judge based on those initial impressions and based on their own experiences uh, and prejudices. But God doesn't look at us that way. God doesn't. And we know that. And so we can't. But we learn this truth when Samuel was sent to anoint a new king for Israel. You're very familiar with this passage, I know. He went to Jesse's house to find the one the Lord had chosen. And he looks at this tall, impressive human being, Eliab, and thought, this has got to be the guy. This is the one God chose. And he said, don't consider his appearance or height. I rejected him. Don't consider their background. Don't consider where they came from. Don't consider what might disqualify them to be here. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Then Jesse called, of course, Abinadab, as we heard, and Shema, and was getting probably dismayed and frustrated, but the God, God hasn't chosen any of these, and they're kind of getting less impressive as they come by. So, are these all the sons you have? Well, there's the youngest, the guy out in the field with the cheese feet, you know, looking after the sheep. He was, I think he, I think he had a lunch with cheese he once delivered to his brothers. Yeah. So we, once, we used to call him Cheese Boy. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so he said, send for him, and we won't actually sit down until he arrives, because the expectation is growing. He knew why the Lord sent him there, but he didn't see anything in these very impressive men. And he was glowing with health, he had a fine appearance and handsome features. But I think by this time it's clear that that is not why God has chosen him. Why God has chosen him is simply because God has chosen him. And so he says, rise and anoint, this is the one. I'm sure everyone was shocked. And so he took the horn of oil, he anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Who David was up to that point matters. But he becomes a new creation in that sense. He's anointed, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he went to Ramah. When the Holy Spirit came, David's life trajectory changed. He was no longer a shepherd of the sheep in the field, but a leader of God's people. And while he wasn't a misfit, he wasn't the obvious and first choice to everyone around him, but God. God took David and made him into what he could be for the people of Israel. And when the Spirit walked into the room, David's life changed. So that's all well and good. We know that God looks at the heart, and it's wonderful to know that God knows us as we are. We don't have to depend on what others think or determine about us. But there's another layer to this challenge that comes to us. God sees us as we are, but how do we see each other? Are we doomed to relationships that are based on appearances only? And I think we can find the answer in a number of places in Scripture, but my mind goes directly to 2 Corinthians 5. He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly or human point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation is gone, the old has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. See, Paul realized he had been using previously human criteria to determine who Jesus was, actually. And it wasn't until the Holy Spirit came and opened his eyes that he was able to see 
clearly. And he realizes that we also do this with one another. And we will never have harmony within the community if we keep using human criteria to judge one another. Do you dress correctly? Do you speak correctly? Do you look the right way or sidling up beside the right people? And according to whom? To my agenda? That sort of thing is colonizing, pure and simple. Not seeing you is worthwhile because you seem strange to me. The more important question is, when God looks at you and at me, what does he see? And this is how we should regard one another. And this can work out in the classroom. I can't believe that person said that. Are they really a Christian? I can't believe that professor is teaching that. Are they really a Christian? Don't worry, it'll come around. Just <laughs> calm down, it'll come around. Yes, they are. Um, <laughs> what are they on? I don't really think much of that person. I don't like what they say. I don't like how they talk. I don't like the way they look. What if you found the person in class who is most unlike you and sat beside them? If we are in Christ, our vision has changed. The Holy Spirit gives us fresh lenses so we no longer regard ourselves or one another by a standard that is set by the world or by culture or any other standard than a standard of love. In other words, we no longer see with these eyes of superficial judgment, but with God's eyes that see deep into the soul. This is what it means to be a new creation. When the Spirit walks in the room, we have new eyes, a new vision, a new way to see ourselves and one another. We become part of what he's weaving together in this place. And it's not only the way we look at others either. Sometimes we are even more paralyzed by the ways we see ourselves. And you know, I realized preparing this message that I used to read this passage wrongly for many years, this 2 Corinthians 5 passage. I thought we shouldn't look at people from a human point of view because they're new creations in Christ, right? That's how I read it. You're a new creation in Christ, so I can't look at you as though you have you know, all that old baggage and so on. And there might be some truth in that. But how stupid of me to limit it to that. It's not them but me that needed changing. It's Christ in me, God's eyes for others, that demonstrates how the old has gone and the new has come in my life. So let's see each other correctly this year. If you're in Christ, you can no longer make superficial judgments, surface judgments about people. If you're in Christ, the old is gone, the new has come, your vision is renewed, and you see people in a very different way than you might have seen them before. So as new creations in him were given new eyes, these special eyes, I want to say like magic eyes or bionic eyes, but I couldn't find just the right term, but they are really unique, that look at the whole person that see the heart of people. It's a wonderful thing. And it means that we belong then together. We belong in this place. I was interested in this uh, paragraph by uh, a person at Fuller Seminary commenting on the Heidelberg Catechism, the, the line that says, I belong body and soul in life and death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, a theology of belonging makes two powerful statements that militate against the temptations that plague leaders. When I say I belong to God, I mean that I am indelibly etched into God's family tree. I cannot be removed or cast out. God has adopted me into God's family, and it is a gift of God, not the result of some heroic act that merits my inclusion in the royal family. I did nothing to become part of God's family, and here's the best part, I can do nothing to get kicked out of that family. Belonging is the antidote to fear, he says. Belonging is the antidote to fear. What if nobody this year had to fear in this community because we belong to each other? 
Belonging as the antidote to fear. I know that God promises that nothing can separate any of us from the love that God lavishes on each person in God's family. And I know that belonging to God gives me an identity that derives from God's love, and specifically not from any action I take to prove myself worthy of that love. In short, I have nothing to fear because I belong to God. But we have to be able to manifest that in our Christian lives together. So when we see ourselves as God sees us, we, we can be freed from the fear that we have to squeeze ourselves into some sort of mold to be acceptable to other people. We are free to be who God has created us to be, warts and all. We don't see all the things that make us different and then shift towards gossip and judgment. Rather, we see all these things and are grateful for what each one brings into the mix. Each one's gifting, each one's calling, each one's life contributions, even when they annoy us or drive us a little bit crazy. That never happens. It won't do to say, aren't you supposed to be a new creation in Christ? You don't look like it to me. At that moment, it's not them we need to pray for, but ourselves. Give me your eyes, God, to see others as you see them. Help me to lean into community in a way that demonstrates what you can accomplish when we work together as a team, as a community of faith that then turns outward to serve others and welcome them with open arms of hospitality and embrace. But we can't expect this from others if we're not willing to commit to it ourselves. And it's only the spirit at work in us that can bring about this change because it really is too big for us. Particularly if you're a person who has uh, wondered if you belong here or not yourself. If anyone has ever questioned that in you. Who do you think you are going to seminary? Anyone ever hear that? Who do you think you are going ahead to lead God's people? It's not who we think we are. It's who God says we are and who he anoints us to be. So we can only stand amazed, really, when we consider what the Spirit has done in each of our lives in this room. Look around. The Spirit has done a work in each life in this room. And he's continuing to do a work in each life in this room. And we can only stand amazed at how he has brought us all together in this place and time, weaving us into this community of grace, a community of reconciliation. That's what we are, a community that's learning how to live together with all of our differences, yet being careful that our sense of belonging doesn't create a community of exclusion either. That's what happens when we belong too tightly, according to our own agendas. We can become a place where not everybody is welcome, but let's be a winsome community that serves as a warm light in the darkness, a hot chocolate on a cold night, a listening ear when we feel alone, because we all come from different places and life experiences. And we're delighted at ABC, for our new students especially, that you have arrived. So bring all that you are to this place, because we're being woven together into community this year, not by our own efforts, but by the making and remaking of God. When we're in class together, remember this. When you might think someone doesn't belong, shouldn't be here, is somehow disqualified from the gospel, even if you think that of yourself, consider what Christ's work is able to do. The old is gone, the new has come. In our own lives, let's allow our vision to be remade by the Spirit so we no longer see outward appearances or doubt what God is able to do with us. When the Spirit walks in the room, we are no longer our own but we become clay in the potter's hand or a thread on the loom of what God is weaving. It's how we each become what we can be as our lives are woven together into God's artistic woof and warp. 
That's my prayer for us this semester, as I was thinking about this message for a long time. It's a hope, really, that's reflected in a song by Bruce Coburn. It's on his new album, The Guy Never Stops. It's not the title of the song, he just never stops. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, we're going to play this song, and I invite you to listen and reflect while he, while he sings. Who are you in this song? Who in this song would you judge? And yet all are made new when the Spirit walks in the room. It doesn't matter where or how the Spirit found you. You will become what you're meant to be under his grace. And we long to be a part of that journey. A thread in the tapestry of the reconciling work of Christ. As an expression of forming a new community at ABC this year, I'm going to invite you to, if you feel you'd like to do this, we'll have some time for music and reflection. Um, this is us. This is all these strands of different uh, textures, and maybe you're feeling a little rough like burlap, or a little soft like a cloud, or you know, a little blue or a little sparkly and white. Um, this is us, but this is kind of a mess. Um, but God's leading us into something really extraordinary. And so I'd like you to come and pick out a piece that you think seems like you and, and weave it into this loom that we have here. It doesn't have to be like perfect, like in and out, and that can be two, three, four, can just be like there's a bit kind of stuffed in there and so on. Um, if we run out of time and you're not sure about that, you can pick a piece later and we will weave it in. And this will be something that we'll have with us for the term. Um, if you're not a student or part of the ABC like, uh, immediate community, you're still welcome to do this because you're part of our community. And for those who are online, if you want to participate, you just need to say in the chat if you have a favorite color or texture that you're feeling like, and we'll make sure to pull out a piece and have that woven in for you as well. So I hope that makes sense. But we'll have some time of, of reflection, and please come forward as you're led, and, and if you want to do that, to weave a piece into our room for this year, and, uh, and we'll make sure that that happens. So thank you very much. There's your invitation. Are you willing to be part of what God is weaving here and uh, to be a thread on the loom because the Spirit has walked into the room? Amen. Thank you for joining us in this Acadia Divinity College Chapel podcast. You can follow us on social media. Discover more on our website at acadiadiv.ca or join us for chapel on a Wednesday. <laughs>